Hello, everyone. I'm Diana Riza, and pronouns are she, her, they. And this is Shantae Hanks. Welcome to the Diversity in Higher Education podcast. The Diversity in Higher Education podcast is recorded out of Southern Connecticut State University in New Haven, Connecticut. We welcome experts from the university community, as well as public and private representatives to discuss issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion at the intersection of higher education, culture, and public policy. I, I have to say that I, as it's December, it's the close to the end of the semester, <clears throat> and I know that for as many of us are trying to get there, uh, we also find December always a good time to reflect. Uh, certainly we had our holiday uh, just a little while ago, not too long ago to, to give thanks and, and, and think about also for as much as there's, there are a lot of challenges uh, to really think about the good work that's also happening. So for me, December, uh, as I'm looking back um, and thinking about uh, this getting ready for renew a renewed spirit and hope, I find my takeaway um, on so many different levels, but I I'm energized uh, looking back at what we've seen on the national level, uh, you know, with this movement towards this liberation, empowerment on so many different levels, from so many different individuals, communities, different ethnicities, racial backgrounds, gender, sexuality, trying to really stay focused, not just on how do I change individually, but how am I part of, as a collective, changing uh, our structure? How do we dismantle uh, oppression? How do we dismantle racism? That's, that, seemed, uh, that energizes me. I, I also find that in my in looking back, I'm I'm also energized to see the power of being with and in community. I mean, this level of activism from so many different individuals on campus and in in the Greater New Haven. But I have to I have to say that with our student activism committee, uh, they've been stellar this year. These group of students um, that they've learned to speak up and speak their truth. Uh, present issues to affect change, uh, and then you know they're 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 ready to graduate, but with hopefulness that they too are are taking away uh, learned lessons and how to make that change happen uh, within their other you know within their community and and wherever they go after they leave Southern. So I, I find that all healthy. I find that all um, incredibly powerful that we have students that are really not reacting, but being proactive um, as, as we think about them being at the table and sharing their voices. So all that to say that that's renewed energy and activism and passion that, that refuels me only six months into my job as the new chief diversity officer. Shantae, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I too um, am excited about you being at Southern um, in this capacity, let's say. Um, wow, six months? 
Time really flies, Dr. Riza. <laughs> One of the silver linings this year, because you know we've had quite the year, has been my involvement with Southern as an alumni. I thought I was active before, but since working with uh, with you and the Alumni Association and speaking with student activists and faculty through our podcast, I feel like I'm truly a part of the community again. And it has truly been a great experience. So I'm looking forward to more to come. Um, and even though we're wrapping up this uh, calendar year, we still have a lot more uh, ahead with the academic year. And as I started, you know, it's been quite the year for everyone. And although it is nearly over, recent history has shown us that anything can happen at a moment's notice. But we've also learned that once again, we are resilient as a people, as Americans. And although education, I would say, has been hit almost as hard as healthcare, uh, and speaking about higher education specifically, institutions may be suffering from enrollment decreases. And we know that that will change. And, and, and I just recall working in higher ed myself that people do tend to find their way back after we've suffered uh, some type of, of tragedy or economic crisis in the country. So I am so excited that we do have the president of Southern Connecticut State University, Dr. Joe, so we can get his perspective on this. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, spend some time with you. And actually, <clears throat> this is my first podcast ever. Oh, wow. So, I oh, know, my. I know, right? <laughs> um, folks have been after me for some time to to uh, be engaged in, in a podcast or create one. Um, and and or, or or to have me on uh, their their podcasts, but uh, the schedules never seemed to sync. Um, and since I'm not going anywhere uh, at the moment, <laughs> very few of us are. Uh, this was perfect. So uh, and and I am particularly pleased to be uh, starting my podcast experience or sharing it with uh, the two of you. Uh, there's been a lot that has happened uh, over the course of the year, over the course of the last few years. And as, as you know, the conversations around issues of social justice are near and dear to my heart. So I look forward to the conversation today. Well, thank you. I, you know, I'm, I'm shocked that this is your first podcast. I don't, I'm, we're honored, right? Uh, Oh. I've gotten so comfortable with Dr. Riza that I must say people uh, off camera, I may slip and call her Diane. So let me just which clarify is, that. <laughs> which, which is so okay, Shante. First name basis is what this is all about. So well, don't, don't speak please. too soon because we were talking before we started. I'm working on my doctoral degree and I've told my family, including my sisters, that they will be calling me Dr. Tay. Um, they said, even your sister, really? I said, absolutely. The <laughs> of work that I've dedicated to this degree, yes, everyone will be calling me doctor first, at least the first year. I, I, it probably will wear off after. <laughs> so I just want to go into a little bit of a background. For those of you that are listening that don't know, President Joe has been leading Southern Connecticut State University since July of 2016. 
During this time, he has set out to raise the university's profile, expand community outreach and partnerships, strategic enrollment, and streamline students' paths to earning a degree. I, you know, it's funny. I, I'm looking at this list and I'm thinking, wow, that's all you had to do? Um, <laughs> I, I, I would venture to say not only did you do that, you've probably did that, done that tenfold. Uh, would you say because we're always our own worst critics. Would you say, Dr. Joe, that you feel like you have fully accomplished what you've set out to do over the last four years? Haven't even scratched the surface. Really? <laughs> really? I'm surprised you'd say that because we, we see things otherwise, but that's, that's awesome that you say that. I, I'd like to hear why though. Well, I, I, I think that I see my role as president of the university and more importantly as an educator um this is not a job this is a vocation um, no one gets into to this work i think uh, um <laughs> for uh, for for the money or the fame, that's for sure. Wow. <laughs> um, and and it's interesting because this year marks my thirtieth anniversary in higher education. Oh, wow! And my it will be my thirty fifth anniversary in education as a whole next year because I started my career as a high school teacher mm. um, for four years. And so I think I, um, the work is never done. It, it, it's always, it, it's a journey as we know. And what, what I do is I have the privilege of helping to lead and guide and, and sit in the chair for a, a just a period of time in the institution's history mm. um, and and so and i always remember that i i, I think that it, it's it's important for us to one honor and learn from our past and also understand that what you are doing is essentially setting the table for the future so someone before you has uh i'll use the, the 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 dinner table analogy um folks before you prepared meals and they cleaned up the plates and they put the plates back and your job is to now take out the clean plates reset them pull together a new meal and eventually, folks who will come after you um, hopefully will do the same thing as part of the tradition. You're constantly uh, um, preparing a meal that is continually ongoing. You're constantly, uh, well, anyway, I think you get the gist. Um, I do. And following well, that, well, I think you've added some some great spices yeah. to it. Let's say that. Put your own little thing on the meal. Um, 
Some would say you've put your foot in it. I don't know if you've heard that before, but that's what we say (laughs) (laughs) when someone did a great job on something that they've cooked and they want to know who's the chef. um, That's what we say. She or he put put their foot in that. That's amazing. So that's what I would say about your time at Southern Mm -hmm. over the last four years. that you've definitely put your foot in it. It's It's been, you've put your mark on on some things. And Dr. Riza, you're actually on the campus daily. So I, I, I'm mm-hmm. curious to hear your perspective on that. You know, well, it, it's interesting, Shante, when you when you talk about putting your foot in, in the <laughs> stew or in the, in, the, in the dinner or in the meal, I, I have to say uh, not too long ago, uh, I, I remember just, hearing uh, many, many in the community, alumni, as well as um, faculty, staff, students talk about Joe's stamp on it, President Joe's stamp on it. What, what, what particular um, interesting, if we're going to continue to use the analogy of meals, <laughs> uh, you know, what, what about those, those um, it's not just the, 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 the meat, it's what what are the side um, dishes mm, I like that, that. Are so complementary and uh, from really claiming clearly claiming that we could aspire to be a social justice university that we could advance our work in greater New Haven and and larger community that we could be uh, a stakeholder in how we graduated our students for them to do bigger and better things that um, we could create more programs. I mean, the Doctorate of Social Work, uh, as an example, um, to to really advance um, clearly, uh, not, not just advance, but just elevate our academic standing. And I think that that's what I've heard on the streets. Um, and it doesn't mean that it's only President Joe that does this. I mean, it's also who you hire to bring that along. So, you know, I, there's some distinctive um, gifts that you've brought uh, or, or you've cooked some good meals that continue to um, accelerate, advance our work. So I don't know. I, it, are we giving you too much credit here, President Joe? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I I actually um, don't. uh, I mean, I appreciate it, but um, I I don't. um, This isn't about me and and I'm not um, a a big fan of of getting or taking the credit. Um, And and there's so much work to do that I, I don't think there's much credit to take, quite frankly. Not, not that I, I think the staff has done an exceptional job. I think the community has done an amazing job. I think our students um, have been front and center. And, and, I, uh, and I am deeply, deeply proud of all of our constituencies and how they've rolled up their sleeves and uh, <clears throat> dove in or put their foot in it, as Shante would say. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I think that it's, it's really important that we're trying to develop something that um, is, is long-lasting, long after we're gone, 
again, I sit in the chair for a period of time and perhaps I'm the right leader for this time, but that will change. Um, as, as time changes, as needs change. I mean, let's think about what we've seen happen over the course of the last 30 years in higher education in just in, in, in the world in general. Um, what our students experienced 30 years ago versus what they experience now, what their needs were 30 years ago versus what the needs of our students are now. Um, the conversations about issues of, of, of justice and equity 30 years ago versus those conversations that we're having now. I mean, so, so it, it is, from my perspective, um, never-ending. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was, I was interviewed recently by some colleagues from the American College Personnel Association um, International. And they, they're interviewing university presidents who have come from student affairs. And the question I was asked was, well, what is, what legacy um, do you want to leave? And my response to that was, I don't want to leave a legacy. Um, what do I mean by that? I, I don't. I, I don't want. Personally, I don't. I, 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 I don't want to leave a legacy. I want to put things in place and have them move forward. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't need people looking at um, those pictures. Uh, in the library, the gallery of presidents, and, <laughs> and saying, well, you know, this is who did this, and this is who did this. I mean, I, I, I'm a realist. I know that someday I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to be just one of those faces up there, and some people may remember me. Other people, 50 years from now, will have no idea who I was, and that, that's all fine. Um I do hope that, that if anything else, uh, former students will come back with their children and say, oh, yeah, you know, see that guy? He, he was a good guy. He cared about us. Well, that's the legacy I, I in itself. It, it really is, Dr. Joe, because the, the, the funny thing is I, I always keep up with the, the the new president, the new leadership at the school. And in the past, I've served on uh, as alumni on uh, some of the search committee um, and, and just career uh, obligations, I, I had to get away from it, but I'm always paying attention and, and, and asking questions of folks that are there day-to-day uh, -day that work there and then alumni. And what I heard about you was that you were very approachable and personable. And it's the little things that, you know, you may not be uh, uh, renamed the library worthy, but they are impactful. Um, to your point that it's it's not about you, it, it's I appreciate you saying that because it really is about the students. And it was the students and it was alumni um, that told me that, you know, first of all, 
we call him Dr. Joe. That just little things. And during homecoming, which where many of us have met you for the first time is during homecoming. And the fact that you come out and, and you are talking and, and shaking hands and getting to know people uh, and remembering them the next time you see them. Those are little things that leave lasting impressions on people that will be a part of your legacy and then the expectation moving forward. You know, I find that whether it be um, a leader that's a, a politician or a leader that's the president of a university, you're either known for the great work you've done or the terrible job that you've done. <laughs> so um, we know that you will be a part of the former. Um, so I, I just wanted to say that because your humility you. speaks to the type of leader that you are. And, and, and that yeah. means a lot yeah. at, at, at a no, school like Southern, um, Dr. Riza, that, you know, we have this DEI Institute and, and I kind of wanted to segue into that. Well, no, Shantae, and I think you make a, an incredible, an, an important point about legacy, but also being human. Um, there are uh, uh, there are many leaders that are incredibly brilliant, tremendous intellectual capacity. I left a, an institution with uh, my previous institution where we had a president that kept building buildings, <laughs> and, and 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 buildings are needed. Uh, not to say that this individual did not have that capacity to be human and to be also honest and open to what is not happening. You know, like how do we to, in order to advance this work around diversity, equity, and inclusion, you have to be human. You have to listen. You have to reflect. You have to pause in this work. And I, and I find that not all presidents do that with intention. I, I, you, you, can, you can be brilliant intellectually, you can be brilliant academically, but not all presidents, not all strong leaders have capacity to be great listeners, to pause, to reflect, to contemplate, to, to really not move things so quickly. Um, and even though in this work around diversity, equity, and inclusion, we want to, we want to move so quickly because we're, we're on fire all the time because we never filled it, we never did enough, or people don't see us doing enough. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, you may disagree with your how I have characterized you, uh, but that's my opinion. So you're just going to have to deal with that. I, I'm sorry. You just, <laughs> We're you're not just opinionated gonna all around here. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do want to ask you, President Joe, if, if you can say um, more specifically... And, and I would agree that it's about the we, the, the honoring the we as opposed to individuals that is going to continues to advance our work. Uh, we have this um, advisory council uh, that has just been put together um, by not just myself, but by other individuals um, at Southern. And I want and maybe you can say a little bit more because I know there's some individuals out there that say, well, wait a minute. I had a, I had a commission that I had before Diane came here. Uh, this was a commission on social justice that, that you oversaw with support from others. So can you say a little bit more as to 
even though we don't know all the the details of of what that all is going to look like, but what might seem a little bit different and how maybe this advisory council and and, and, and how they've been developed and how they're going to do the work. Any thoughts around what you hope to see come out of this advisory council that might look different? Um, it's interesting because the first thing that comes to mind for me is that this advisory council will hold the senior leadership of the university accountable. And in addition to that, though, in order to hold us accountable, there needs to be an acknowledgement that just because we hold a title and have a degree uh, doesn't mean we always know what we're doing. <laughs> Look, oh, you see what I'm talking Joe, about? You are going to get it for that. I've been saying it since I was an undergrad. I specialize in that field. Doesn't mean you know everything about everything, but you know. Allison, who's listening in uh, from, from public relations, is not happy at all. You can see that on the front page of, uh, oh, goodness. of, of the New <laughs> Register. We won't let that be a soundbite. Dr. Joe did not say, we no, don't know no. what we're doing. He did not say that. Well, you know, no, I think it gets back to the humanity piece. I, I mean, that, 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 that uh, just, just, just because of the positions that we hold, it doesn't mean that we're not constantly, it doesn't mean we're, we're still not learning. Um, it, it doesn't, and it doesn't mean that we don't have a responsibility to learn, and it doesn't mean that um, that that we 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 know everything about everything. You know, look, I I, I know how to be. I think um, I, I'm proud of my work. Uh, I know how to be a good social worker. I know how to be a good listener. I think I I think I know how to be a pretty good president. Um, and an administrator. Um, I know how to be committed to social justice. Um, and, and I think I have a good sense of where I am um, on the, the, the social justice spectrum, if you will. I, I understand my own shortcomings and I understand what I understand. I know what I know, and I don't know what I don't know, and I know what I don't know, right? A little, yeah. little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, but not everyone in leadership, uh, I've had to do work, um, but I've had opportunities to do that work. And that isn't the case for everyone in leadership. Because I came from student affairs, because I come from social work, I think that I have an advantage that others may not have. If if you're um, if if you're in an executive role that doesn't require you to spend a lot of time with students, <laughs> or quite frankly, there are executive roles where you're behind the scenes almost all the time, mm-hmm. and so your exposure and 
the, the conversations and interactions you are having are, are very, very different. Um, they're very administrative. So you may not see your role as impactful on um, other members of the community or other, other parts of the community. So uh, again, I, I think that I am hoping that this, this group will perhaps shed some light on some things that we haven't seen, share with us perspectives that we've heard or haven't heard, um, provide us with counsel and advice, uh, help us to formulate strategy, um, and then hold us accountable to help um, uh, to help us be successful or to help us achieve our goals, um, but also doing so um, by practicing what they preach, and that is accepting us as leaders where we're at in order for us to move forward. Um, and, and acknowledging, and this is important, we, we, we need to acknowledge limitations. We have different resource limitations. Um, I have to be realistic. Um, sorry, I could keep going, but but, no, no. but you, you again, you. I keep saying I, I. I keep saying you get the gist. And and by by the way, I, I will share with you that uh, many years ago, I was um, I traveled with a group of educators as a guest of the Vermont Turkish Cultural Center. So we went to Turkey and uh, we were touring and I have to confess it was hot. I'm not very good in the heat. And while we were there, um, we went to see ruins and then we went to see more ruins and they were going to take us to see more ruins. And I said, uh, I think we get the gist. And, uh, and they asked me, what is this gist thing? So, uh, okay. Anyway, sorry. I digress. I actually, um, as as a what I would consider an active alumni, right, a former president of the BSU, I was really excited to see um, that new blood, that new level of diversity on our alumni board, um, and, and race as well as age. Oh my goodness! I've always said I really would like to see younger alumni mm. get involved. They're, they're just as valuable as folks that have been around, you know, and I, I truly believe, um, I love that, that, that happy balance between folks that have graduated within the last five years and folks that have graduated 50 years ago. I think that there's so much to, to learn from one another. Um, but I just found that we didn't have enough of the former. We didn't have enough of that younger alumni. And I understand they're out trying to get their careers started. Uh, some are starting families and things, and, and then they come back. But I'm so happy to see that new energy. Um, I, I've been able to even witness it in a couple of the meetings, and it's great. What do you, what do you think that's going to do for the campus? Because as we know, any great university, their alumni is extremely active. This this is uh, I, I want to um, the words that come to mind are life changing, 
in the university's life, it is life changing. It, it is so important. Uh, I can't begin to tell you how excited I was to see uh, the breadth and depth of of uh, the generational um, as well as identity diversity um, on the alumni board. My first <laughs> when when I got the call. <laughs> And I, I was told, I was like, it is about time. <laughs> um, and, and it is so important because that board needs to represent our current student yes, population. It needs indeed. to look like um, our students and, and have an appreciation for those experiences. And that isn't to take away from what others have brought to the table over the years. Um, but I, 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 I keep reminding folks that we were a teacher's college. Yes. And when we were a teacher's college, um, folks would come to us. Essentially, they came to school for free. Uh, they came to school, maybe they paid 50 bucks. And if they did well, they got the $50 uh, back. And it's not like they got to choose their job. Afterwards, they were generally assigned to a school. I need to talk to you about that tuition reimbursement because um, I'm, I'm, I'm still paying for because, my time at Southern. But I digress. <laughs> Go on, Dr. Joe. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So, so that experience and, and that opportunity helped to shape the lives of those individuals. And, and a lot of, of, of that generation of, of alumni are, are, are eternally grateful for the opportunity that was presented to them. Um, but now uh, the, the, the population, the needs of our students, what we're able to provide or not provide, all of that has changed. And so I, I think that having a representation um, that allows the, the, of, of individuals who can um, empathize and relate to our current students, I, I think it's I think it's is pretty critical. I'll also share with you that that um, the pandemic did something that that we huh. did not expect. And, um, and it happened during homecoming um, because folks were, who participated were all in the same space at the same time interacting with one another. You had folks from across generations and across identities at the same place at the same time talking and learning from one another. In, in fact, there were several um, uh, alums who who are are are, are senior okay. um who said oh my gosh this is this was the best homecoming wow. ever because i got to interact with students more now and younger alums than at any other time because when you come to homecoming who do you spend your time with with your peers you spend the time with the people yeah. you know you spend the with your class you spend with your time with essentially right. like-minded people or people with similar experiences and all of that is wonderful but this provided an opportunity that that we hadn't we hadn't even thought of um we were just uh taking the risk of of doing a virtual homecoming and, and it turned out brilliantly um i also think that 
there was also something else that that that, that happened over the last couple of years um and actually it's just two years ago the when 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 the administration worked closely with the alumni of the black student union to bring back more alumni to homecoming and say just come bring your families i i, I don't care just come Come, bring as many grills as you want. Stay out in the parking lot as long as you want. Um, for for me to be able to turn around and say to, to campus police, yeah, we're not shutting anything <laughs> down. We're, we're just going to let people that was be. was monumental, Dr. Joe. I don't know if you realize the impact that that had on your relationship with the current uh, Black students, but also the alumni of the Black Student Union, that really was monumental. I still have my past from that year. I am um, one of those, I was a history major, so everything is, is historical to me. And I, I feel like there's going to be a time when I'm in the classroom, and I'm going to teach about it. So I hold on to a lot of little things that I can show my students, because as a student, that was um, the most um, uh, memorable uh, lessons from my history teachers is when they were actually there or visited the places they were talking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. um, so if they had any type of artifact, I was all in. So um, that time on campus, it, it was for many of them, their first introduction to you and, and, and the type of administration you were going to have. It's almost like you've made it so that um, you've set the bar so high um, that we now have an expectation that, you know, we can go to Dr. Joe about pretty much anything. And, <laughs> and, and, and you laugh and you've probably experienced this with, with my phone calls or emails. And he's, if nothing else, he's going to listen. And, and that says a lot. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes, I, I, I appreciate yes. that. I do. Yes. But, but I, I think the most powerful moment for me, was when I when I was spending time with students, students of color, who turned to me and said, um, "President Joe, I've never seen this many people of color in the same space at Southern at the same time," <laughs> and I didn't wow. realize <laughs> yes. that that. And I said, "Well, the, these individuals are alums." Yeah. Um, with distinguished careers. Yes. And, and, and the students were excited to see individuals who look like them, who had similar experiences, and who have been successful in what they do, and who have a love for Southern and the ability to come back. That, um, that event from my perspective, was transformative mm. for the institution. It also, um, I, I think it also taught the majority Caucasian community about the importance of community in a new and different way. Hmm. Um, now, now uh, uh, in, in, in that... <laughs> Folks would 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 stand in the parking lot and look over 
and say, can I go over <laughs> there? Yeah. Right. And, 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 and this is, uh, and this is where we need to, to get some work done. Yes. We had this great mm -hmm. event. Yes. We had hundreds and hundreds of our alumni of color return. Yes. We had interactions between alumni and students of color, but the, the parking lot was divided, right? Like school cafeterias. If you, if you that's right, that's right. There's a, a great book, um, oh, by by Beverly Tatum. Tatum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why do all the black kids sit in the mm -hmm. cafeteria together? Um, and that was that's at least twenty years old. But mm -hmm. it, it was a, a, as I sat there. On the one hand, I was excited and proud by what was happening, and on the other hand, um. I, I said, okay, now how do we bridge this? How do we bridge this? Um, because it is so obvious uh, that there are two there, there are two distinct things happening, both exciting, both wonderful, both celebratory. Mm -hmm. um, but we have work to do on building that bridge and making President that I agree. You make a very good point, President Joe. Uh, you know, I said this earlier, the, the student activism, you, you've even referred to it this semester and seeing some different steps in the way they have interacted with you and with the community. I think a lot of that is, is fueled by our alumni. So I, I would agree that they see more of, of, of us graduating and it, and it, propels them to do more. Can you say more about, uh, for me, that's been my gift this semester, but can you say more about what, what have you seen with our students this semester in, in the way they, from the March, what is, there's something different this semester too, uh, in the way they did their, um, more recently, the town hall meeting. Uh, there's a couple of examples along the way that this council, and I don't want to just put it on the activists, the student activist council. I, I, I think there's a lot of leadership there, but, but, but can you say more about what, what are takeaways from all of that? And what do you hope to see moving forward in this next semester and the years to come from, from what you've, from what you've witnessed this semester? Um, the most powerful part of the semester was in my view um the 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 march or the rally um uh, recognizing and supporting the black lives matter movement mm -hmm. uh, that i mean particularly during a time when we couldn't spend a lot of time together as a community the community came out and they came out in force um, and, and, and folks came out to be supportive of one another and, and, and completely shut down um, all of the stereotypes of what it means to have a rally and, and, and in, in this environment when others were talking about um, uh, rallies that, that, that turned into other things. If, if you, if you wanted an example of a responsible, uh, peaceful, 
um, intelligent, um, informative, um, uh, teachable moment uh, um, rally um, that also focused on action and the future while simultaneously um, um, acknowledging the pain of the present and the past, Souther was it um, in, in virtually every way. I, I couldn't have been prouder because I think that it, one, it, 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 it reinforced the notion that we can do this as a community and we can do it well. And two, um, I think it has set the, the, the tone and this and has set the stage for our moving forward in a way um, that that uh, will be valuable and productive. Um, you know, I, I think um, I, I I also appreciate. The, the, the fact that during the town hall meeting, um, there was a good balance of appreciating and recognizing what everyone brings to the table mm -hmm. and how folks have served and, and folks' commitment while simultaneously challenging us to be better and pushing us to do what we say we're going to do while simultaneously acknowledging we understand that you're limited in what you might be able to do. Mm -hmm. so, so I think all of those things combined, the, the word that comes to mind for me is, is a, a maturity. It's as if when I think about the racial conversations we had three years ago, and and the the I mean, when I first before I even came here, when I was um, visiting uh, in the transition, uh, when I, when I b before becoming president of Southern, but I, I had already been announced as the president, there was actually an event uh, on the police and race happening in the ballroom. And I attended that event and sat in the back of the room. <laughs> I, and and I was I I at some point uh, you know someone said oh our new president is here and 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 I downplayed that because I wasn't the president at the time and and thought this is not this is not a time for people to to you know be focused on uh, my transition but um, so so we've been having these conversations um, the question becomes. As you have these conversations, as you have these rallies, as you as as you have these programs, is is there a shift over time, not just in action, but in point of view, in in in, in maturity, and that for me is what I saw more than anything else. I could sit back and say, we as a community. Have, are maturing 
when it comes to these issues in comparison to where we were three or four years ago. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah. And, and as for what that means for the future, um, look, we've we've we have made a uh, we, we've been very intentional at making investments and making commitments. Do I know exactly what they're going to look like? Do I know what's going to be successful or what's not going to be successful? I don't. Um, there's a reason why I hired you. Yes. <laughs> there's a reason why <laughs> we've put together uh, this advisory council. There's a reason why uh, we've we set aside dollars for X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, I I, <laughs> I I will share with you that that. I don't think I realized at the time what I was getting myself into uh, or what I was getting all of us into when I said we are going to be a social justice university. I mean, I, I think I had a sense of that and and um, I was excited about it, but I, I don't think um, uh, I, I don't know if I fully appreciated at the time um what that would entail and and it, it's it's complex uh, i'll also share with you that it's a double-edged sword for me as president um i can't begin to tell you the number of times that people have weaponized social justice mm -hmm. that folks will say to me well you're not doing this um, therefore, well, that that's that's not social justice. Therefore, you're not supporting social justice, it, it, and, and and that happens. Um, sometimes they're right. Other times, um, folks are 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 using it in ways they should not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and <laughs> and and that is aggravating. Yeah, <laughs> just so slightly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I know that um, I can't think of a better way to end the semester with our, our last podcast of the year than having you come to talk to us, President Joe. I, you know, I find that uh, when, when we started to think about this podcast with um, Shante, myself, it was really with um, an understanding of not just talking about diversity in higher education, but also talking about community. And how how do we how does the Greater New Haven and our and and our community statewide inform us and the work that we do at Southern, and how we inform, assist, collaborate, support Greater New Haven? So. I, I find that just having, um, you know, just in the way we created this podcast, I've had individuals come to me and say, it's, it's really nice to have guests coming that not are, are not just from higher education, that it is about community. It is about how we build communities within communities and to, to really address the diversity of community, that there isn't a one way or a one size fits all. And I think that what you... I, I have to say, being very proud to be part of Southern, 
that in that thinking of diversity of community, age, and it's not just identity, but how we reflect and be with and in community is what Southern is, 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 is at its best. So I, I, I don't know if there's anything more that you'd like to share with us before, um, you know, we come to, to, um, to a closing, but, uh, but community. Yeah, I do. Have a, I do have a few closing thoughts. Um, yeah. First and, and, and most importantly, uh, the the aspect of community, we can't talk about it enough because at the end of the day, I believe that Southern has a moral responsibility to the community that we serve and, and, and not just the Southern community. We, we are in the city of New Haven. Therefore, we have a responsibility to the people of the city of New Haven, period. Um, and, and I think that we need, um, we, we, we need to continue to work, on, work at that, um, particularly in a community that, that uh, where, where the uh, uh, economic um, disparities are, 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 are quite large, um, where the educational gaps are quite large. Um, you know, I, I take great pride in the fact that we're, we're in, uh, on, on a different side of the tracks, but I think that that is symbolic of who we are. Um, and, and what our responsibility is and, and how we should serve. Secondly, I, I would remind folks that regardless of your position on any issue, it is critically important that people take the time to listen to one another. That doesn't mean folks agree. You know, I, I, there's a, there's, I, I just saw on Sunday, uh, uh, CBS Sunday morning, I, I think it was CBS, I, I can't recall, maybe it was on the Today Show, but it doesn't matter, w whatever it was, it was um, a, a professor, uh, Professor Ross, who um, is a visiting professor at Smith, hmm. he has written a book about the cancel mm. um, culture uh -huh. and, and, and confronting, yeah. challenging the, 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 the cancel culture <laughs> yeah. that, um, and I thought, isn't that fascinating? Because I will share from my own personal experience where I will hear folks say, um, those people don't know what they're talking about and I just, I can't listen to it anymore. Um, and, and yet, if you have both, if you have individuals from multiple perspectives all saying that, then no one is listening to anyone. Right, right. And so we all have a responsibility yeah. to Absolutely. listen. Um, and, and, I, and the power of that is, 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 is extraordinary. And finally... Um, we talked about a president who 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 builds buildings. Um, <laughs> Parking lots are important too. Let me are, just say, <laughs> equally, they're, right? They're important. They're important. They're important. But I think at Southern, um, you know, 
ultimately our our mission is to be a community that is building lives i like that that's what we are doing <laughs> oh, oh, i can't see you snapping wow. dr Ariza. she's snapping oh. people i think I, I i think that's what we're doing and 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 uh we need to continue to do that work so um you know i thank you I, very I much so appreciate you kind of yeah. ending on that because thinking back you really took me back to that day down in brownell parking lot and as i i've been doing my dissertation um I've been interviewing alumni to a particular program. And um, let me just say that the folks that I went to Southern with, that I'm still in, in communication with, still in complete contact, like some of us actually vacation together still um, from spring break to now, those relationships are invaluable and they were built on Southern's campus. And they actually uniquely mirror those same relationships that are built at HBCUs. A part of my study, I'm looking at alumni from PWIs, predominantly white institutions, and um, and that's for the listeners, <laughs> and for um, historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. And Southern students, ironically, have this, uh, alumni have this unique um, familial relationship in which we stay close and in communication equal to those at HBCUs. And it, it's funny, I have to pick up that book regarding the, the, the lunchrooms. I mean, I'm familiar with, with that whole concept, of course, um, and experienced it. Um, I, I know for myself, being more involved with activities on campus and diversifying my involvement made the, the difference from being president of the BSU, but also being an RA being involved with IRC, Inter-Residence Council. So I, I um, purposely diversified um, my involvement. And in, in, so that just kind of made my experience, I say that much greater, uh, that much more holistic, because I, I have relationships all, with everyone that I went to school with, for the most part, uh, from all of those different groups. Um, meaning folks that I was an RA with, a hall director with, uh, many are still on campus now. They're administrators on campus. Um, we still have those same relationships. Uh, they're like family to me. As a matter of fact, um, not to go into too much detail about this or a tangent, but uh, when I suffered the car accident that I was in as an employee on campus, as a hall director, um, you know, those first couple of days, it was touch and go and only immediate family could come into the ICU. Um, my mom has a list of everyone that she allowed into ICU and Dawn Stanton Holmes is one. Um, and, and Chris Piscatelli, he challenged them. They said only immediate family. He said, you're going to tell me I'm not her brother. And they couldn't say that. So mm. <laughs> he's my Italian brother from another well, mother. Sure. But I say that to say the relationships <laughs> built at Southern and having such leadership and now adding this DEI Institute, um, it, it makes all the difference. So, yes, you are building lives. The relationships that I have, the, the support network that I have, um, uh, aside from my actual biological family, is from Southern. It truly is. So going back to your first comment 
uh, about not leaving a legacy too late. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, President Joe. Don't be surprised if we um, come back at you at another time. Anytime. Enjoyed it. Take care. Enjoy your holiday. Okay, so Allison, are you on mute? <laughs> oh, that was great. That was a good feel good one. Ooh. But it, it, you know, because Dr. Joe, we've been trying to up our a little bit of a little bit of controversy to get people thinking and listening. But this yeah, one did yeah. it hit all the points, right? I loved it. It was a great way to end the the calendar yeah. year. I enjoyed it. I'm so for your yeah. first one, for your first one, you, you, you did, you did Not damn bad. good. Damn good. <laughs> really. Um, I, I just wanted to say that the positive tone of, of the uplifting positive tone is what we really wanted out of this. And Joe, you, you did that more than yes. more and, and more, you know, you advanced it. So I, I, I've heard you talk before, but this one really was just set set good tone for the end of the semester and everything without getting too with COVID again. I mean, you didn't go there and I was so appreciated that you touched on it, but not enough to say, here we go again. It was mm -hmm. so I appreciate Well done. Well done. Now, Allison, you'll need to uh, edit out the fact that I don't know. <laughs> She'll figure that one out. I know that's probably what she's really preoccupied thinking about. It's going to be played over and over again in a loop. I can hear it now. Anyway, that's great. <laughs> we can put a disclaimer across this particular episode. <laughs> we, were, we, we had spirited eggnog. <laughs> that's just to make sure that they're listening that's all you know i was wondering dr joe and, and uh to diane's point i didn't want to you know we didn't want to belabor the covid issue because it's we know it's still here we're living with it are you prepared in case we need to in, in case you get that call from now uh dr gifford uh, and and Josh Gabriel and, and the president, I mean the president. Oh my gosh, Governor Lamont would say, oh, Shante, please. I mean, Governor Lamont about um, the field house being a satellite hospital again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because it's, it's pretty scary. It, it's looking like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah look, I, I, I think... Uh, <laughs> If 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 the if the mayor or the governor call and and they need X Y and Z, I I, I have to kindly remind the people that work at the institution oh, yeah. that um, that uh, look this, this again this is a responsibility yeah. to our community. Yeah. Yes, right. And and um, I'd actually rather have if if we get mm -hmm. to that point, um, you know there there is also an opportunity for our student oh, gosh, nurses yes, that would be awesome to have their experience 
on campus in an environment that we that we have some control over. So there are advantages to that. Um, that would be great. So mm -hmm. we built it the last time and we didn't need to, to mm -hmm. use it. Um, we're we're going to be cautiously optimistic, but um, we'll see. You know, one more. You want one more thing that Joe we mm -hmm. had talked about in one of our podcasts was the, the utilization or who is being selected for those for the uh, you know who's going to yeah. be tested um, with, with the with the inject uh, the vaccination and Shante, I heard we lost from you. you lost me. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Sorry, you froze. Oh, okay. up. You froze up a few oh. times. The, uh, the Dean of okay. Health and Human Services was just saying that they're working with the CARE uh, mm -hmm. grant mm -hmm. to with yeah. New Haven, with Greater New Haven, to select yeah. certain individuals. But yeah. working with Yale and how are we going yeah. to select, I, I was pretty excited, but they did it in a way that was very responsible, doing listening mm -hmm. circles, very, very... You know, again, going back to what you said, Chante, in our show, one of our shows that how do communities of color see, yeah. you know, the fact that Governor Lamont may want to prioritize right. communities of color to be the first mm -hmm. um, to to get that. Is that historically the best way to go with that mistrust right. and fear? But the way care, the care grant and project is doing this is in a very responsible way. And and that's why, um, you know, it, it was very smart to add Takesha to that advisory committee. Ooh, She's already known ooh. for doing this, right? This work. So ooh. adding her, yeah. uh, yeah. because, you know, some folks had their reservations about the group of, um, corporate folks that were, were part of his advisory committee on the reopening of the state, right? A lot of, Folks who were not mm -hmm. familiar with these people, um, they didn't hold positions mm -hmm. within the state agencies or anything, even though there were commissioners as well involved. Uh, but with this, he used people that people know that, first of all, already have a, a really trusted relationship and um, experience in this because you can't just throw, yeah. you know, it's yeah. funny. A lot of folks yeah. that are not in uh, government and public spaces come from the corporate sector and think that they can figure this whole thing out. But he definitely has right. is smart enough to realize not with this, uh, not when it comes to health. That's right. um, and, you know, I, That's right. because we didn't focus, you know, on COVID, but I definitely wanted to also mention though, that the New Haven director of public health is Southern alum, Maritza Bond. Um, we were on campus together, okay. as a matter of fact, and she at one point was Bridgeport's health director and she she transitioned to New Haven, which is where she's from. I want to say the the crisis happened maybe about 30 days after she got that position. So she's celebrating this mm. new position. Wow. She's basically back home in mm. her uh, her backyard. And, you know, it was already uh, scary because you had a new mayor, uh, Justin Elliker, being very new. Um the verdict wasn't out yet, you know, and so she took a, a leap on faith and took that position. And then here comes the crisis. And sometimes and, and we were on calls professionally because of the homeless population in, in her role. But there are times that late at night, I just text her and ask her how she's doing, because she's had to close down businesses. Mm -hmm. And one in particular, I really worried for her. Well, two 
50 Fitch, I was concerned for her safety <laughs> because there were some threats. But then also um, Anthony's because that's a staple, right? Mm. The When I was at Southern student mm. and uh, alumni, as far as uh, hall director, our prom was annually at Anthony. So there's a long history there. Mm -hmm. um, trusted establishment, yeah, right? And she had to yeah. shut that down. Yeah, well, she did. She did the right. She thing. did. She was she was doing her job, and you know, but you're not all often liked in, in such a situation. And this That's is right. new. This is unprecedented. That's and right. So for her to, uh, you know, be out there, and she she had her. I mean, she had her reasons, and and she could definitely justify it. But people were not receiving that well, and and for someone to be in their role, and I know as, you know, not that we've had to deal with that level of of adversity in the role that I have in housing, but when you are thrown in the fire, you know, it's tough. It's really tough for us it, with with the homeless mm -hmm. population. But luckily, we were resilient in that, and once it was decided to put everyone in hotels. Um, because Dr. Joe, you, you may recall at first we were being told that we would put them in the university dorms, excuse me, residence right. halls, going back to my days at Southern, <laughs> a place where you live, learning. Well, grow. I, I'm looking, <laughs> I, I, um, I know that everybody's probably jumping on. If you haven't, I, uh, already jumped on another meeting as yep. you're in this meeting. Uh, but, um, Again, thanks. This is this was well, well, well done and well. Um, the timing of it was was perfect. Perfect, I thought. Perfect. John. Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, my goal was to just get through this semester. Okay. <laughs> we have the Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Today classes are officially over. Um, let's, uh, yeah. So. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. Well, listen. All thank right. you so much. Appreciate this. All right. this is great. Have a great holiday. If I don't thank see you, you or talk to you before then. Chante, thank you, Chante. Thank you. Thank you, Chante. Always. Great. All right. Have a good weekend, everyone. Yeah. All right. Bye -bye. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. -bye.